Hello everyone and welcome to Too Many Cooks, a podcast where we explore recipes written by your favorite chefs and try them out in our own home kitchens. It's like a book club, but for recipes. In today's episode, we discuss Jacques Pepin's recipe for the apple galette, also known as apple pie's cooler older sister who studied abroad in France. Luckily, there's no bacon trauma this week, but Dave and I do get into a heated debate about butter. So stick around and join us for a conversation about the golden and delicious apple galette. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. My husband is currently making Cinnamon Toast Crunch at home, and it is torturing me, and I can smell it. (laughs) (laughs) He gave me, like, I got to try four with a little splash of milk, and I'm, like, Are times that tough that you need to make your own homemade Cinnamon Toast Crunch, or is it just that amazing? They don't have <laughs> yes, times are tough. Two, it's we're bored. It's just cardboard Three, cut up with crazy. like cinnamon and sugar on it now. So <laughs> it is not. It is not. I mean, we're talking about pastry today, right? So like PR. we, Ben and I, have been talking about the beautiful things you can do with pastry, and that's exactly he made. I guess we'll we'll talk about it, but he, he made basically our pastry dough. It just had cinnamon in it. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so what are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about the mighty galette. And not to spoil the ending, but what might be one of the easiest recipes I think I've ever made in my life, especially compared to the end result. So yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, it's a wonderful episode three, I think. It's like a nice little breath of fresh air. I'm so excited. No spoilers. <laughs> Wait, all spoilers. <laughs> all spoilers. You can turn the recording off now. Yeah. Uh, after challenging people in the first two episodes, I, I think know. that this was, um, you know, a nice little kind of safer uh, recipe to go with. And hopefully people were not scared off initially and tried it because yeah. they definitely would have been rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. And it is one of those. It's yeah, we'll get into it. But it's one of those things that you can just it can be for literally any meal. <laughs> like once you get the technique yeah. down, it is for any meal. Oh, I have ideas. And technique is being very generous too. Technique I think. is the processor. <laughs> Yeah, um, exactly. Well, okay. Well, maybe, I mean, this might be your answer, but what was the best thing you ate this week? Uh, well, so I actually made this last week. So That's mainly right. because I had a feeling that I did not want to double up my answer of best thing to eat this week and then talk specifically about the same recipe over yeah. and over again. So um, the best thing I ate this week. Uh, so uh, not to keep on spoiling things, but, um, you know, in looking at our, our next chef for episode four, uh, you know, we were looking at a few different recipes and one of the ones that we were thinking about, I was super excited to try. And so, um, uh, so that, that recipe, abandigas con manzanas, uh, meatballs with apples for those who are not bilingual, um, uh, was fantastic by Jose Andres. And so a, yeah. a delightful little tapas that, um, you know, could easily be paired with something else for a delicious full meal, but it was, uh, fun to make. It was very uh, autumnal and just savory and delightful and wonderful. Um, and so that was fun. I, I really enjoyed that. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I'm going to also piggyback on meatball. So I made a like kitchen sink meatball, Def- didn't have any apples, but, um, I just made like, oh, I had some ground beef. I had some things in the, in the pantry that I could use up and made, um, meatballs in like a very simple tomato sauce. But for leftovers, I had sourdough bread. Mm. And mm-hmm. so my husband peeked his little head in and he goes, can we make meatball subs? I was like, oh, you got to. Yeah. Yes. yes. So this brilliant man took my sourdough and like we had some 
kind of very mild provolone <gasps> and we made meatball subs <laughs> and it was so good because I, I like fermented my sourdough for a little bit longer than I usually do a full day longer and it got actually sour, which is something that I've kind of been in the quest for. Um, yeah. And, so and we should like, dive into our, our preferences about sourdough or opinions about sourdough because oh, as you, you'll be very surprised. I have hard thoughts and opinions about uh, sourdough bread. Anything. Oh, but, period. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I could have just ended there. Um, but you posted your amazing, amazing looking sourdough on the Instagram page, I yeah. believe. And for anybody who hasn't seen it, please check it out. It is a thing of beauty. It looks um, absolutely incredible. Um, uh, the crunch video is fantastic. The crunch. So, yes. yeah, I honestly, I like, yeah, I posted a picture, a video of of me cutting through it because you can. It was the most crackly skin. It was so good. I mean, the the extra fermentation just changed everything. So I think that might just be my new standard. Um, wow. But oh, it was so much fun. But that that meatball sub though, and then honestly, he he found me like an hour later on the couch curled up and I was like, am I, am I depressed? I feel exhausted. And he's like, you just ate, you just ate a meatball sub. <laughs> all, all, all of the carbs. All of the so, carbs. Yeah. You just ate a really heavy meal. And I'm like, I yeah. thought I was just going to succumb to my like quarantine depression and be like, this is it. I live no, here on it's the couch that, now. that tryptophan, like, no. you know, kicking yeah. in and just amazingness. So that yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Now I really so want a, a meatball sub. But do it right before bedtime. Like, don't, <laughs> like, don't let yourself. I, I don't know if recommending that people eat a giant meatball sub right oh, before yeah. bed is the best advice that we've given in terms of no, eating. No, no. But... Well, we're not an advice podcast. <laughs> True. We're if you're dumb eat... enough to listen to us, then <laughs> exactly. you deserve what you get. No, it was so stinking good. I am, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely post pictures and like, um, you could, I love, I just, it was one of those great moments of like, what, what do we have in the house? Nothing really. And then he was like, oh, magic. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. He is the king of well, leftovers. And, yeah. And that, that's kind of a, a perfect um, example of what we're talking about when we say that, that today's recipe is so versatile that you could do so much with it. You know, talking about, you know, what do you have in the house? This is an easy thing. Uh, the pastry just kind of keep around or just, you know, whip up really quickly and, you know, just pair with the different things that you have. In fact, I definitely have some ideas based on some of the stuff that I have in the fridge right now that I oh, think awesome. is going to be pretty great. So we'll dive into that. Yeah. I mean, should we just get into it? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. So um, so just like per usual, I'm just going to talk quickly about Jacques Pepin and then get into the, um, into the recipe. So Jacques Pepin um, was born in 1935 in French. If you can't notice from my uh, pronunciation, I do not speak French. there's there's like a phonetic transcription so thank you um but he is one of the most like iconic chefs he and julia child are kind of in the same um what's the word like echelon 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 we both said at the exact same time so (laughs) that's good um yeah so he you know he started out basically his culinary career because his parents owned a restaurant um, that they bought after World War II. And so at the age of 13, he actually started an apprenticeship at a hotel in France. Wow. 13, can you imagine? And like, it's just, it's just a really fascinating story. Um, He, you know, he was working in France for years. And then he, in 1959, he went to the U.S. um, And then in the early 60s, he was introduced to Julia Child and they became lifelong friends and collaborators. But I have to just say this note because I thought it was so funny. In 1961, JFK tried to get him to be the White House chef, and he said no. He yeah. was like, no, I'm good. And then he <laughs> – but um, 
Howard Johnson, a regular at the at the restaurant that Jacques Pepin worked at, actually hired him to work along um, along the along with his chef at Howard Johnson's hotels and create, like work like, in the omelet station. Or? <laughs> yeah, the you know he worked at the. Um, Oh my god! Why did I? Oh well, that was gonna be funny. But uh, the the what's the thing? What is this? The omelet I'm, station. The omelet no, no, station. The, the other thing. Waffle. So it's crepes. A, okay. It's, yeah, it's an it's an audio recording. So you gesturing <laughs> repeatedly is not actually work for the audience. I'm but keeping that. I love I love that he went back to his roots of working at a hotel. It's yeah, just like yeah. I did it when I was thirteen. I'm gonna do it again because fuck the president. Again. I don't think it's gonna work out that well for him long term. Oh yeah. And I don't see this as a as a good as... good long term career move. So <laughs> I'm gonna double down on Howard Johnson. So well, smart. I mean, it was great because he served as yeah. the food director of research and development for a decade yeah. um wow. and then he wrote this book called le technique about all about like french cuisine technique and his whole thing is about like you can you can be a good cook but if you don't have the techniques down then you're not gonna like nail it it's not gonna be it's not gonna be you know good yeah yeah and i i like too that a lot of his recipes also try um to make it a little bit easier for you yeah it, it seems like you know, he's he's really kind of in tune with, I think, the home chef and just, you know, making life not <laughs> arduous and, and, and more difficult than it needs to be. Yeah. And I think this is kind of along those same lines of this like narrative for us in the podcast where it's like you may have these things that feel super ambitious, but if you kind of tear it down to its like bare technique and like just really look at what you're act what you're doing with the things that you're doing so there's no really real mystique about them, then that's when it becomes approachable. So yeah. If you understand why you're doing the things that you're doing, it you can you can then improvise. You can then expand it to different meals. You could, but that, and that's exactly what Jacques Pepin was trying to do. Like he had a TV show on PBS for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Actually, my mom, my mom sent me a video of um or like a little. My mom sent me a picture of her watching Jacques Pepin make his apple galette on PBS. That was like a rerun. Um, oh so no, it's, it's, that's great. Yeah, so it still was yeah. on. Um, it's still it's still on. And, yeah, no, I I was talking yeah. to a friend about. Um, I mean, I think I think if you grew up, especially like in the '80s or so, or you're watching, you know, um, like cooking shows around that time, uh, Julia Child, Jacques Pepin, like there's a, a number of of chefs um, that you know were kind of quintessential, and that was probably your right. first exposure to maybe this higher level of, of cooking, and you know. And being yeah. able to see some of these these you know quote unquote like foreign techniques that maybe you you know weren't exposed to in, in small town America or wherever you grew up. So yeah, absolutely. And I think what's wonderful about like so Jacques Pepin's book has been used in French culinary schools. His book La Technique because it it really just like solidifies and codifies the technique that needs to be used. Yeah. Um, and, and for yeah. people who don't speak French, that does translate directly to the technique. So. It's helpful. I'm just for gonna let that hang because maybe joke. maybe they don't know. So we need like a we need like a button that's like dad joke, dad <laughs> joke. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that this the the recipe the galette that we're talking about today comes from his 2011 essential pepin, which is like a kind of a synthesis of or what is the word like a collection of all of his um, favorite his essentials um, and echelon. I, Echelon. <laughs> How many times can we say echelon today? <laughs> as many times. Um, so, Dave, do you know what a, did you know what a galette was? 
Yeah, it's 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 a pie that basically has given up on life. It just doesn't try hard enough. It's a, a topless pie. Is that? Uh, yeah, it's a sexy it's, pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's a, a really hardworking pie. pie. It's an extra hard. It doesn't have anything to rely on. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe you know you could look at it the other way, where it's it's a pie that's not hiding anything, right? It's, it's not, not hiding anything. It's basically just I'm. This is what I am. This is what you're getting. There's no there's no hidden secret. You know, this is this is who it is. So, do but you want to do you want to spoil why? You cheated with this recipe. <laughs> why? Why cheat, I cheated? Why and how you cheated with this recipe? Just from the get go. Just that that I actually shockingly have a galette pan. Is that is that what you're referring to? Yes, I think that that is a cheat. So, uh, <laughs> I, I I mean I think it's it's just smart um, that at some point, sometime over the past like 15 years or so, <laughs> one of us <laughs> bought a galette pan, presumably my wife, um, and. It, it's been sitting and waiting for this this glorious moment because um, who knew that suddenly I was going to become like a galette fiend because I, I've made this is now my second galette because, you know, I came across another recipe, which was a potato and gruyere galette um, that I use the pan for. But frankly, since there's no actual like pastry, there's no actual dough for it. Right. It's more of a, like kind of free form. Um, you know, the, the pan really wasn't necessary. But uh definitely wonderful to have for for this recipe because it came out galette, okay I, i'm gonna get so hyped because galette <laughs> is a free form galette does not need a pan what dave is talking about is a spring form pan that you use for tarts that like there's like a little hinge on it and the bottom comes off the sides separate from and the it's bottom. wavy it's all wavy on the sides which is it's really wavy nice. this is not a galette pan this it's is a, pan, yeah. a spring form pan you can use it for a galette but galette is free form by virtue yeah, of like spring spring form pans are like those bigger ones for for, for cakes and everything yeah exactly like the really you know kind of high sides ones yeah this is you know very specifically a galette pan so you're this is <laughs> i am furious right now um so a galette literally means just flat cake it comes from the norman language like if you think of like norman invasion of of the uk so um flat cake um and it is okay i'm quoting this used in french cuisine to designate various types of free form crusty cakes <laughs> a liar again what is what is the definition now compared to what i know it's I mean, right exactly why wouldn't you just who are you going to trust a man's exactly. opinion exactly. Um, so um like i god bon appetit and all of their controversy they have a, a quote that says they're casually impressive and photogenic but in that oh i just threw this together away they're rustic and inviting come as you are their imperfections are what set them apart in fact the less you do the better they look which i have to agree with them even though yeah i mean it's nudie's yeah. help but it's true so the wonderful thing about this galette you know, you don't need, I'm, I mean, I'm being facetious. I'm sure that like having a spring form pant, it's like a bra. You don't need to wear it, but it might be, add some extra support. It might make the silhouette look a little better, but you don't need it. <laughs> yeah. And it, and if you're too tired at the end of the day, take it off. You don't need it. Just I take mean, it off. You just, don't need just it. Just don't use it. It'll yeah. feel really good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I didn't use, I didn't use a, I didn't use the the springform pan. Um, also, <laughs> because my oven. Oh wait, I'm definitely gonna set, take. Like, I took a picture of my. I had to make two galettes because my <laughs> oven is so small that it only fits a half baking sheet. It doesn't fit a whole one. Um, it is teeny tiny. So my little yes. Polly Pocket 
oven. Um, but that allows you to do some testing, right? Which is exactly what we did. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay. What should I do now? Let's... Um... Want to run through the recipe since it's pretty straightforward yes. and It's super delightful. straightforward. So... Um, Again, this is from uh, we the the website we use is Food and Wine, and they actually just got permission from Houghton Mifflin um, to publish their Jacques Pepin's essential. Pep- Sorry, they got permission from Houghton Mifflin to publish um, this recipe from Essential Pepin. So it's 2011. Oh yeah, they say Jacques Pepin loves to serve this delicate apple tart as a buffet dessert since it's beautiful, easy to slice, and simple to eat, pizza style while standing. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's- laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit that I definitely did that at one point. Same. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The miraculously easy and versatile pastry dough comes together in a food processor in less than 20 seconds and can be filled with all sorts of fruits or vegetables. Because the tart is freeform, the pastry can be rolled into either a round or a rectangle. Yes. Yeah, so, and that, exactly that description, aside from the freeform stuff, which I'll still disagree with, but um, <laughs> it, it is incredibly easy and incredibly versatile. And and those are the two key things I think that, you know, I think people should leave with about this recipe. It it is something that you can really whip up super, super quickly and then has an abundance of uses that we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah. So, so, I mean, this is perfect time for us to talk about pastry. So the first, the recipe is separated into pastry and topping. Um, And again, kind of like another facet of recipes that I really like is that it's not linear it's side by side so with the pastry if you look to the second like the right column so pastry is in the left column the steps are in the right column and it tells you exactly what you're going to do with each of those ingredients and so it's just like harkening back to Julia Child it's like thank you amen Mm -hmm. love love when recipes do this um so you have one and a half cups of all-purpose flour one and a half teaspoons of sugar very very low sugar right quarter Mm -hmm. teaspoon of salt, one stick plus two tablespoons cold, uh uh-oh, this is a trigger word, unsalted butter cut into small pieces. No, no, no. It's it's very sparse that they they specify unsalted butter because butter means butter that has salt in it. You do not need to add, like you have to be specific if you want unsalted butter. Because if I was at a restaurant and I had some delightful bread and I said to a waiter, hey, could I have some butter, please? If that son of a bitch brought me unsalted butter, I'd be furious. Then you because add you want salt to that, it. You know, no, why, baking, why am I doing the extra step? What are, the, the butter churners should do okay. that and add I the salt do, for me. I do not disagree with you that unsalted butter is not delicious. What I am saying is that if you're sitting at a restaurant, hell yeah, I want salted butter. But right. If I'm baking, also known as just butter. Just butter. That's butter. So your issue is, is with the modifier? My issue is that uh, some people believe that, that butter, the, the word butter, makes it unclear as to whether you're talking about salted or unsalted. And I very, very firmly believe that the word butter in and of itself means salted. And that if you have the modifier of unsalted, that's the only time you need it because butter, salted butter is just butter. So, but I'm going to just quibble with you, you know, linguistics, because <laughs> it's it, it could just be a clarification. Oh, clar- clarified butter. There's a joke in there somewhere. Something, <laughs> something clarified. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to make take the that step. Yeah. But like, if you look down, it talks about golden delicious apples. So it's specifying which kind of apple that you want to do. It's not saying that an apple by itself is anything but golden delicious. 
No, of course, because there's t- tons of varieties of apple and, you know. There's different varieties uh, of butter. Cultured, salted, high fat content, low fat no, content. Vegan. So I agree with all of those except for salted butter. That's just butter. Salted are, butter, that's just butter. This is hilarious and one of the most random soap boxes, butter boxes that I've ever. <laughs> I will die on this goddamn hill. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, so the other thing is that's really funny is that we don't have unsalted butter in Argentina. Obviously, right. you love this. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I have to be very conscious about how much salt I add to recipes. So the reason they specify unsalted butter, and most pastry chefs will tell you, like, I mean, of any, okay, I'm not, let me rewind. Most of the videos that I've watched of people, of pastry chefs making things say, we use unsalted butter so that the chef can, can like, use their own taste to salt yeah. as they like. Um, they can do it, they can control the saltiness. So with me, like, I have a really hard time baking things like cookies because my butter is so salty and usually cookies don't have that much salt in it. Mm-hmm. With, when it's pastry, it's like, great. That's kind of yeah, why I've been in this like that. pastry mode because you can add a little bit, it can, it can hold more salt in the, in the pastry. Um, my cookies are delicious. <laughs> they just are Let's just salty. be clear. So. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I love salt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, no, exactly. I cannot wait. I would love, we need to have a poll. Maybe we'll put a poll on the Instagram to see like, okay, all right, uh, listeners, when you read butter, do you interpret this as being salted or unsalted? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, can I talk to you quickly about pastry technique? Because I have been doing a lot of research. Yeah. I just want to hear, I just want to like articulate why pastry is one of my favorite things on the planet and... So pastry just means that it's, an, it's a mixture between pa- flour and fat, and the fat can be lard or butter. Um, like shortening is pretty much lard. And um, so there are five types of pastry, short crust, phyllo, um, like think ba- um, baklava, shoe pastry, think profiterole, flaky pastry, what is that? Like, like pie? Pie. Like but like with more layers and then puff pastry and that's going to be anything that like, you know, is like, um, you know, like, like I'm thinking like cheese sticks that you have like at a buffet or like a, a mm. party or something. So anything with like, um, you know, those fancy dip, like yeah, embassy those, buffets. Those, those cheese sticks, <laughs> Howard Johnson that you go to. Yeah, Howard Johnson. No, so I'm not articulating this very well, but basically um, short short crust pastry is what we made because there is a there's no leavening and a lot of the other right. ones there's leavening so no yeast and it's made of flour and butter um and which is why this is so easy right i mean so there's, easy. There's, we're cutting out you know that that yeast challenge and that time element and so right. it makes a huge difference yeah exactly um and so really basically with most of these pastry techniques you incorporate the butter into the flour somehow um and then you bind it with um, something like water, but with short crust, the, you use like two to one, um, two to one flour to fat. So you have, um, like twice the, yeah, twice the amount of flour to, to butter. And the butter is kind of rubbed into the plain flour to create a loose mixture. And then you use ice water to keep the butter cold, to create its shape, to make it into a pebbly kind of, um, sandy, very very shaggy quote unquote dough um yeah. they're it's, very, it's very, like play-doh play-doh type 
texture. Yeah, I even know? took it. But maybe just say that. even a little bit. Yeah, maybe even a little bit like thicker or harder than that. But exactly. So he, um, the Jacques Pepin instructions say basically, in a food processor, combine the with the, the flour with the salt, sugar, and butter. So you're gonna do that first, and then process for about five seconds, and then you sprinkle ice water over the flour mixture. So I did it through the little like. Um, funnel on top of the mm-hmm. food processor until the flour mixture and pro- um, uh, until the pastry just begins to come together about 10 seconds you should still be able to see small pieces of butter in it transfer to a work surface gather it together and pat into a disc wrap into pastry i'm sorry wrap the pastry in plastic or wax paper and refrigerate until chilled so yeah. i did this so that i actually poured it directly onto a piece of saran wrap and so then I and I covered the saran wrap over this like very sandy mound, and then I used the heat of my hands to press it into a into a round sphere through the pastry. Or I'm sorry, through the saran wrap. So I used the edges of the saran wrap to kind of keep it tight and actually create yeah. the 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 disc itself, and stuck it in the fridge. Yeah, I, I pretty much did the same. You know, I just threw it on some wax paper. Yeah. You know, put another piece of wax paper on top, smooshed it down, threw it in the Smoosh. fridge. Um, it took us longer to describe all of that than it does to actually make the, the yep. pastry. I mean, it, li- oh, literally, yeah. like it, it is the easiest possible thing. And so you definitively can make double batches of this. You could, um, you know, make one, use it. And it says you can use it immediately. I mean, if you're already yeah. kind of ready to go, you don't have to put it in the fridge. Um, but and you could definitely save one to use, you know, shortly, you know, the next day or something like that. Uh, it is <laughs> it is very, very easy. I, yeah, I was so excited to read, to hear you tell me that you loved this so much that you were actually making a second time. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it it does recommend a food processor. Quick question. Uh, Could you make this in like a blender if you didn't have a food processor? Could you make it in a blender? Blenders are tough. I would actually recommend you do it by hand if you didn't have a blender. So blenders, the conical blade of a blender makes it so that a lot of heat is generated through the friction of the blender kind of going really, really fast. It also goes a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And so your blender is used what you want to like make it liquefied. A food processor, because it's got that like flat blade, you can emulsify things like a hummus or a pesto, but mm-hmm. it's better for like, you can also control the pulses. Yeah. And so it doesn't generate a lot of, a lot of heat, which is when you're dealing heat. with butter, you don't want heat. Yeah. We're trying to keep it cold. Yeah, so I not I wouldn't say I would say no to blender, but you take the other thing that I've seen people do. If you have hot hands like me, take two butter <laughs> knives and you kind of cut the dough into the flour. So you put the dough in the flour in small chunks and you take two butter knives and you kind of like slice them like your Edward scissor hands into the into the dough. The other thing you can do is get a pastry cutter, which is just like this little like Wolverine claw. Look at my analogies. Look how yeah, I know. <laughs> Very um, but I think it like helps. The imagery is like helpful. You, so you yeah. s- it's kind of like a potato masher, but it's like a pastry cutter. It's got like four little knives on it, four little like rounded mm-hmm. edges. Sides, like mini sides. It's mini sides. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I... It is very doable to do by hand. It's just the food processor makes it 20 seconds as opposed to it would probably take you a couple minutes. And there's no hot hand issues. Yeah. It is yeah. I don't know if we've free. mentioned how easy it is yet, but it is. <laughs> yeah. Do want, should we move on? Let's move on. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the apples. So the the topping. Yes. So, you know, let's say your um, your dough is chilling in the fridge. You take your four Golden Delicious apples. I didn't use that. What, what kind of – I didn't have Golden Delicious. I use Golden Delicious because I'm a purist, um, but uh, well, you, you, I mean, okay. 
<laughs> I know. Heroes I know except people. for your galette pan. Exactly. So, um, uh, you know, you, Granny Smith is probably an, an easy uh, swap out. That's a little bit more yeah. ready, ready. Ice available. Pink Lady. That's what we had here. They were delicious. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's it's just a matter of, of what the end result is going to be. Obviously, something more tart. There are different uh, kind of textures in, in apples, you know, similar to, you know, potatoes are the same way where, right. you know, some are better for baking and some are not, you know, there's different moisture levels and stuff. So you want to be a little conscientious of that. But, um, but yeah, I, I feel like, you know, since it's also not a, a massive amount of cooking time either, um, you know, yeah. most can, can kind of hold up and, you know, the, the thickness is probably going to dictate more than anything what the end result's going to be. Exactly. And if you like tart apples, do a Granny Smith. If you like more mild apples, do Golden Delicious or a Cortland. Like, mm-hmm. It's all about, you don't want anything mushy, so don't use Red Delicious. Also, Red Delicious are, here's my soapbox, Red Delicious are trash. Yeah, Yeah. no, they're garbage apples. Okay. Um, Peel and halve and core the apples and slice them crosswise a quarter inch thick. Set aside the larger center slices and chop the end slices and any broken ones. So basically, you're trying to get like pretty little like, you know, half moons Mm -hmm. for the top. And then anything else that's not pretty, you chop up into a coarse little. Yeah. Do you have an apple core? No, I just do like I do the four um, lobes around the mm-hmm. core, and then I toss them. Yeah, out. yeah. Uh, this I I don't have one. Um, I, I used to when I was growing up because we used to make apple pies, you know, every every fall and everything. Um, it <laughs> if you have an apple core, this is probably even easier than it already is. Oh, the it, thing that just like you chop down, you like slice yeah. down. Yeah, we used to have yeah, that growing yeah. up too. Apple core. I was just envisioning the thing that like the one that just goes directly in the middle. Doesn't oh, have like, a little like sun rays on the, the, the sun, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now this is um, uh, this would be even easier than an hour. So much. So. Yeah, I mean, this is like the per. Okay, it's so good. So you preheat the oven. Oh, in a small bowl. In a small bowl separately. Combine the sugar and the cinnamon. Great. Um, two tablespoons of sugar, half teaspoon cinnamon, and then there's a ta- one tablespoon of honey. This is my the funniest thing in this recipe is comma preferably wildflower. All yes. right, Jacques. <laughs> I don't know where so my honey comes make sure from. You, yeah, exactly. exactly. You, you need to know where your honey comes from. Otherwise, the recipe is ruined. Ru- ruined. And then one tablespoon unsalted butter cut into small pieces. Whatever. Right. You can use salted. Yeah. I use salted. <laughs> it was delicious. Um, yeah. Preheat the oven to 400 degrees. So high. Like high heat. That's Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a lightly floured work surface, roll out the pastry to a 12 by 14 inch rectangle. Or I would say, I think what you did was probably a 12 inch or a 14 inch circle. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. use whatever the fuck shape you want. I mean, yeah. you, you can make you make a pirate hat like for this. Honestly, I mean, try like anything. a tricorder. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You, you can do whatever. Make a log. Like make a long, make a log. long oh my thing God, that and sounds just so fold good. There's so many things you can do with this. Yeah. So I did six by seven because I had to make two small ones for my my mm-hmm. baby my baby baking pan. Easy bake Spread oven. the chopped apples over the pastry to within uh, one inch of the edge, right? So you have an inch ba- uh, border of the edge. Drizzle the honey over the chopped apples. Decoratively arrange the... Oh, right. So you put the chopped apples down first, kind of in a little mound, and then you decorate... The initial layer, yeah. The initial layer of the, like, the, yeah, the non-pretty ones. And then you decoratively arrange the apple slices, the pretty ones, on top in concentric circles or in slightly overlapping rows. If you're doing, you know, if you're doing rectangle, do rows. Actually... Yeah. Doesn't matter. I did yeah, a little do whatever first. you want. Do whatever you <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sprinkle the cinnamon sugar evenly over the apples, so you just kind of like very lightly sprinkle. I actually, you can also just incorporate them into. You could you could toss Ooh. your apples in the cinnamon sugar. 
So you went rogue and just no, I did just not threw it all together. Okay. No, You're I did saying, not. This is you thought about going rogue, but then you we know, went rogue for our second one, our experimental <laughs> one. I did not Perfect. go rogue on this one, and I'm I'm saying this because my mom's feedback when she made this was that she wished she had incorporated them together because if you're not like doing a very even um like like toss sprinkle is the word sprinkle again this is an audio medium grace can you stop just gesturing wildly (laughs) um you might find yourself having like clumps of sugar and cinnamon somewhere and it's not an even spread so if you feel but you know i i did it both ways and i think that they were equally delicious Mm -hmm. um yeah, and then dot with the pieces of butter. So the butter is, you know, there to kind of like moisten the apples and then add a little bit of like yummy glisten. <laughs> how how type A were you about the placement of the, the little mini cubes of butter? Do not. Um, I am so type A. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I practically had like a measuring tape like yeah. know, <laughs> image in my head of just like, all right, these are too close. I got to move this one around. And then with hot hands, you know, you got to gotta work. Oh, quickly, my, so. my butter was just melted. I mean, the other thing is like my, uh, my kitchen is a galley kitchen. So on one end, you have a 400 degree oven. And then on the other end of work, I'm literally, I was literally working under the air conditioner to keep my pastry cold because my hot hands and my hot oven was just melting everything. <laughs> and hey, you yeah. know what? My pastry melted, my butter melted, and it was perfection. Ex- this yeah, was like can't. the least finicky. Have a hot kitchen, whatever. Yeah. I would. <laughs> just... I would love if, if anybody was not. If everyone tried this recipe and and they thought it didn't really work out, I would love to dive into what what could that. kind of steer you wrong. Oh, good. I have that feedback. Good, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we have we have that feedback. Um, okay, so uh, butter. Fold the pastry edge up and over the apples to create a one inch border. So exactly, you're taking that like extra extraneous dough and you're folding it. And I, you know, if you have a glut pan, it'll hold that kind of close. But honestly, mm-hmm. like I, there's like a folding technique. There's no folding technique. You fold it. Fold like it, you're folding yeah. over a bed sheet. And there's, you know, like when you fold yeah, down Yeah, the top, the top, yeah, fold down. Oh, whatever. Or, you know, Grace, <laughs> pastry dough. Like you're making <laughs> yeah, exactly. a pie. Like, like you're folding a bed, yeah. Like you're holding a pie. Um, but there's going to be like a little overlap in some sections and that's the best part. And then like, and, and what's wonderful is if you like more pie crust, make it more, th- if you make it more than an inch. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or have your, you know, whatever the ingredients you're going to be using, have them kind of end and then just do the fold over. So essentially you're just making just the crust. Oh, you know, like or have pizza. It, exactly. Or have it spread oh. out. So then you're folding it over. So it's like a stuffed crust, you know. Oh, um, yum. Oh, this is, I love this thing so much. And then bake for an hour until pastry is nicely brown and crisp. Transfer to a pack to, to cool. Yeah, that's, I took it right off the, 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 I had like um parchment paper and I just put it right mm-hmm. onto a cooling rack because I didn't want yes. it to keep cooking the bottom. I, yeah, exactly. I will say, um, keep it, you know, around 50 minutes or so. Keep an eye on it. Um, yeah. Especially if, if your oven really might not be calibrated, it might cook hot or whatever. Um, just get an oven start, thermometer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, mine's, mine's 35 degrees off. So, so when it says 400, yeah. I, I set it to 435 and that actually becomes 400 based on the oven thermometer, oh. but, um, which is fun. It's fun to add. Uh, so, but if you <laughs> just keep a close eye on it, because, yeah. um, that would be, I think the one thing I think that would be a, an easy way to let this kind of go South quickly is if yeah. you just leave it in there too much, cause you don't want it to, to crisp up too much. You don't want the, you know, the bottom to burn. Uh, so just kind of in that last 10 minutes, just be on hand and, and use your nose. If you smell it, if you start smelling kind of like that little bit of, of you know, pre-char, you know. Like caramelization, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I, um, 
went I went a little rogue on the second one and I had kind of Ben like take control of the second I was like here's your pastry do whatever you want and so we did he tossed it with cinnamon sugar and butter um he tossed the apples in a mixture of of butter and then a melted butter and then he like tossed it in the bowl with cinnamon sugar and then we did the exact same thing of um we laid the chopped apples down but then we actually put dulce de leche on them instead of Mm. honey because argentina and then we laid the hmm shut your mouth i said oh shut your (laughs) i'll bring you home so um and then um well and then we did like the concentric circle like starburst and then we actually topped it with with um pecans Mm. And yeah. and then for for science, what I did was I was actually surprised that you don't egg wash the um, the pastry, mm-hmm. and so I did an egg wash and then I sprinkled that with cinnamon sugar because I was like looking for that crunch. And this, these were going concurrently, so it was like a true experiment. Mm-hmm. And um, I what I found was actually you don't need an egg wash. You, it you do doesn't not. really add any. You know, like don't try and overcomplicate it like I was doing. The dulce de leche and the pecans were great, but I found – and it was, like, really lovely and very fall and delicious and mm-hmm. caramely and crunchy. Um, but I – because I'm, like, a texture queen, I was worried that it was going to be kind of, like, you know, soupy or soggy with the apples and no other texture. Honestly, nothing. No. It was the most perfect crunch. It was the most perfect, like, like bite of apple and very smooth with the, like – I actually really liked the chopped apple underneath. It kind of turned into, like, a jammy consistency. But the pecans, like, great. Add pecans. Add walnuts. Add yeah, and yeah. you can pair it Pistachios. right. So, so we I we did just a kind of a, a quick homemade whipped cream, you know, just oh, some that's right. vanilla sugar heavy cream, um, paired perfectly because it's so light. And again, you get like a little bit of that creaminess and um, yeah, the additional flavor profile. Um, you oh did we went because we because we, we watched <laughs> we actually yeah. watched you take the first bite of this, which yeah, is fun. so, so we, we I um. This is also another like um, Ben tribute. He he um, was like, I have a really crazy idea. Tell me if I need to rein it in. I was like, never tell me. And he, <laughs> he actually got a really um, tart, stinky goat cheese. And so we had goat cheese and we blobbed it on the on the apple galette because yeah. he was talking about how, you know, growing up in Kentucky, which is like half Midwest, half Southern in terms of cuisine. Um People would serve apple pie with cheddar cheese on it. Mm. Never oh, understood I, that. Yeah, I don't know. I think, and so I was like, "Oh, like in the crust, like trying to be really accommodating and like not snobby." <laughs> and he's like, "No, you actually you snobbified it. No, just like on top." And I was like, "Ah, cool, really <laughs> yeah. delicious." But like, I'm thinking of like a Cabot extra sharp Vermont cheddar, like in the crust. That sounds delicious. Let's go for yeah. it. And he's like, he's like, "No, I mean like a slice of." yellow cheese like, on top like, like orangish yellow cheese yeah and i was like okay well maybe yeah well, whatever yeah. so he he like went the extra stuff and he's like what about goat cheese and i was like that sounds yeah. great so he we added a little goat cheese and then and then of course because we just had to do like a multitude of taste tests we got vanilla ice cream and dulce de leche ice cream with oreos in it Ooh. oh my god so we had like i had you know an entire bottle of lactate just like there <laughs> because I was like, I'm going to die. This is too much dairy. Yeah. Um, but it was so good. I think the goat cheese, the goat cheese was delicious and really transported it into like a savory realm. And so I was thinking about like a pear goat cheese thyme or like a caramelized yes. onion galette so with goat cheese. And You're thyme. naming all the ingredients that I'm basically going to be doing for my next one. And so um, my plan for the next one is going to do um, 
probably ricotta, um, sweet potatoes sliced oh thin with um, a vegetable peeler, yes. caramelized onions, and thyme. Uh, I've actually done this combination before um, as like a pizza, and it, and oh my it, and God. it works out this really, really so well. Good. Yeah, and when I um, you, you mentioned, so the, the crust itself is not overly sweet, right? It's not mm-hmm. too much sugar. I'm toying with the idea of de- decreasing the sugar just slightly and increasing the salt just slightly. Um, just to see if I want to get a little bit more uh, of savory in there, but honestly, the only thing, the only thing I, I, I would, I'd say the like the sugar is actually giving you just that caramelization. So yeah. I don't really think it's actually lending too too much sweetness in the dough itself. Yeah, I, I honestly like I don't know that I'll I'll need to do it. I'm probably yeah. gonna do the just as is initial test, you know, and, yeah, and see sweet. how it is with the savory ingredients, um, yeah. and then go from there. I mean, if if I feel like oh I want that crust a little bit you know, um, less sweet or a little bit you yeah. know, more savory, I, I can make the adjustments. But, uh, and then you, you said pear as well. And so um, doing this with pear instead of apple, I think, yeah. um, you want to make sure probably that you get a, a firmer pear that's going to hold up to the baking time. Yeah. So like maybe an Anjou, not a, not a Bartlett. Um, right. But it's, Is that how you yeah. pronounce it? A-N-J-O-U, Anjou? I'm sure I'm pronouncing everything uh, 100% Anjou. accuracy. Anjou. Yeah. <laughs> Anjou. Anjou. Yeah. Andrew. <laughs> it's it's almost certainly not how you pronounce it. So. Andrew. An Andrew <laughs> pair. <laughs> yeah. If only one of us was a word doctor. I'm a word doctor, but I don't know all the words in all languages. <laughs> <laughs> you you should. So. Um I so I really do want Okay, so we've been raving about this. Let me read my a negative feedback. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited she, for this actually. Yeah, so um this is from my mom. This is Stephanie Says segment. So she didn't give the fear rating. I forgot to ask her that, but I can do that retroactively. But she said, what I liked, simple local ingredients to make something beautiful and delicious. She said that she had everything in her house already, everything in her pantry already. So she didn't have to go shopping at all. So that's another like big pro for this. Um, Crust was easy and very good. Will be my go-to crust recipe instead of buying pastry um, from the store. Not too sweet. Family and friends loved it and said it was appealing. Dislikes. Seemed like I didn't have enough apples. Galette was too thin. The dough. Oh, itself. interesting. Um, maybe she. Maybe I made it too big as a square because she was the only one of us who did a rectangle, a square, a rectangle, mm-hmm. twelve by fourteen. And then um, sprinkle of cinnamon on top. Put dark blotches on the apples. Next time she'll mix it in with her apples. Crust wasn't as golden brown and voluptuous as I had hoped. Hmm. So what I think, and I have a picture. Um, what I think happened is that she probably. She probably did the 12 by 14 inches and by virtue of that, because an inch is actually small. And I think I, and she, you know, she got her ruler out and she did an exact 12, like inch border. And I actually think that because it was, I think an inch is maybe wrong Hmm. just for how, like our preference. Like, I think it should have been like two inch, an inch and a half. Um, because they also compensate for that height too, because you're losing. Exactly. Yeah. So I think what happened with the rectangle is that, um, you know, by by rolling it out to uh, fourteen inches is pretty is pretty big, mm-hmm. and it thinned out the pastry in the middle. Um, yeah, yeah. And so it wasn't as crispy on the bottom, and it also gives you more surface area, so that the moisture from the apples kind of saga and sagged the sagifies, yeah, sagified the the pastry. Yeah. But what's great about Knowing that is that if you wanted to make it a rectangle, and so she did kind of like the lines of apples, mm-hmm. and it was, and you can kind of tell that it the the pastry was exactly an inch, but maybe too thin for what 
like it should have been. Yeah. So, so would it yeah. would it have been completely fine had she just used like a galette pan, for instance? No. Oh, a circle. Yeah. <laughs> like a special. <laughs> specific fan that you you could use for this it's not you just put that word in your head it's not true it's definitely a thing i believe it's true okay that's good as long as you believe it's believe in yourself and follow your (laughs) heart um yeah i think that like if she had maybe i think i raved about it so much she's like wait what am i missing and i'm like well i think we should just because it's one of those things where depending on like I don't know. It could have been too hot in her uh, in her kitchen. It could have been the like the apples were too wet. Like maybe yeah. you know, like it could have it could have been something. Yeah, it um, seems though. I mean, based on what you're saying, um, that it, it it does maybe just being stretched too thin. You yeah, know, because because you, you do need that structural. Yeah, you need that structural integrity. Uh, that sure. I mean, they're not exaggerating that you can eat this standing up because it it yeah. holds right, even though you know it's got because it's not. The thing people have to realize is that when you picture like an apple pie, so if you've never had a galette, if you picture an apple pie, <laughs> there's a lot of like pie filling in there, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, th- th- that is thick, that is heavy, um, and this is this is light. The thing I loved about this, because I'm not a huge dessert person at all, so right. it's it's not overly sweet, right? So I, I love that, um, and it's super super light. Like you, you, you do not feel guilty having you know, a sixth of, you know, of the pie or, or whatever, oh, you know, your service It was like is. a personal, ours, since ours were so little, like six inches yeah. across, we had, we had to rein ourselves in because yeah. we were like, yeah. this is dinner and this is like. Yeah. So um, it is, it is perfect. So yeah, I would just recommend based on my mom's feedback, like I would recommend making it a little bit smaller than 12 to 14 inches mm-hmm. if you're doing the rectangle just to compensate for the amount of surface area you're going to have with the apple like apple itself because she also said that she didn't have enough apples which to me makes it sound like the the Very rectangle spread. is too big yep yeah so um so yeah that's yeah, great so feedback it's really it was really great to hear did we have another um audience feedback yeah so um uh my friend uh kathy once again uh, try the recipe, which I really appreciate. She actually bought a, a brand new food processor for it. Um, so Kathy! We, are, we are boosting oh. the economy in, in Florida, which is wonderful. And so, um, oh, I wish we could get sponsors to help. I know. I, I, she bought the same one that I bought. My <laughs> my food processor, I had a mini one. Uh, it gave up the ghost like a, a few days before I was planning on making this. And so that was a great excuse to to buy a, a bigger one you know, and a brand new one. So Yeah, for uh, sure. Inside scoop. I actually purposely broke the mini food processor just you for an excuse not. to. No, I actually didn't. But you um, did not. I was like, "This is going to be one of those <laughs> Easter eggs that we put for just to see if she hears mm. it." If she listens. <laughs> yeah, it's like, huh, you did it's, what?" She like uh, slams open the door after like taking a walk, and she's like, "You do." <laughs> um, but yeah, so she she also raved about it. She she loved it. Um, so she did the fear rating. She gave it uh, perfect scores right across <gasps> the board. Which is our, our first, you know, perfect score, uh, or it it would be the first perfect score if I hadn't rated it first and also given it a perfect score right across. You gave so it a perfect score. I did. Five I, of, I did too. Five out of five. Straight two. Two. Yeah. So five out of five. Um, it it is it is again. I talked about the flavor. I talked about the texture. It is just perfect. It is the easiest thing. I think we've covered that. Um, it is super accessible. I mean, your mom said it perfectly. You have the ingredients, you know, in in, in at home most likely. You um, do. And you, 
you do not, I will admit, you do not need a Galette pan. You could do it kind of free form. Um, <laughs> Jack Hughes! <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you have a Galette pan, it's even better. Use um, it. And hey, if you have something, I hate single, like, what is it called? Like single use yeah. kitchen tools. Like, this is one of those things where, like, use it. Guess what? It's probably going to caramelize on the edge and it give you, like, a delicious... Oh, yeah. I mean, you saw mine. It it was just Yeah, it was so stunning. It honestly looked like like a food magazine. Um, And then repeatability? Repeatability. I mean, you've already repeated it. Yeah. I mean, we're... And I'm going to be repeating it again. I mean, most likely, even this weekend, I'm going to just try it with different ingredients. Uh, And this would... Again, if people try this out and fill it with different things, I would love to hear about it because I think that there really is no limit. It's just about your creativity. Um, and so whatever kind of flavor combinations you come up with, you know, and again, you can do savory, you could do sweet. Um, let, let us know. I mean, this yeah. is something that I think should be kind of a staple. The pastry itself should be a staple recipe for everybody. Um, and then just filling it with, with, with different stuff, you know, every time you, you get an inclination to make it is, is kind of going to be a go-to thing for us. So I've talked a few times about how easy this is. And one of the reasons I, I keep on doing that, aside from just being a very repetitive person to begin with, is I had the pleasure of doing this recipe with my nine-year-old son, Diego, and he is here to give us uh, his opinion on it. So Diego, overall, how much did you like it? Did you not like it? What'd you think? I think it was um, pretty good, and I definitely think it was worth the time. Good, good. Well, I loved doing it with you. So let's run through the fear scale together. So flavor, what score would you give it? I think I would give it a 4.5, just because the crust wasn't that, like, it didn't have that much flavor. Okay. So yeah, it's pretty light, and, you know, it's very much a vessel for the ingredients within it. So I think 4.5 is pretty good. Um, Ease, what do you think? Was it easy? I think, yeah, it was definitely easy, so I'd give it a 5. Perfect. And then approachability. Do we have to do anything kind of crazy to, to be able to do the recipe? No, the biggest thing was the glut pan. <laughs> I love the glut pan. So what score would you give it then? I think I would still give it a five. All right. Sounds great. And then repeatability. What, what do you think? Do you want to make it again? Yeah, I think it's definitely good. And as I said before, it's definitely worth time. All right. So, uh, so what score would you give it? I think I would give it a five. Excellent. Well, I think if we make it again, we have to do it together again because I loved cooking it with you. Definitely. All right. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh my God, Diego is so sweet. That was so nice. Thanks, yeah, no, he's okay. That actually reminds me. So um, I was talking to people and I, and they said like, oh, can I use pie crust, like store-bought? And I was like, absolutely. Like if you feel uncomfortable yeah. with, with baking and doing that, but also just like, hey, call me. Just try it. Just yeah. call me and I will be on the phone with you for 20 seconds. That's as long as it'll take for you to just chop in a food processor and make this pastry dough. Like, yeah. I really do think that this is something that, again, you can absolutely modify, you can absolutely get store-bought and then just like make it your own if you're stressed out by it, but just try it. Trust us, try yeah. it. Um, speaking of repeatability, I just have to also say, you also made Booth Bourguignon again. Oh, I did, yeah. Um, <laughs> I we, we talked about it. And since I've been uh, listening to episode one um, over and over again, because I love the sound of my own voice, uh, I was just like, oh, I really need to make this again. So um, I also wanted to just kind of just try a few different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for those who listen to episode one, I was in the grocery store and I had um, pearl onions uh, in my hand. And I was just like, fuck these baby eyeballs and just like threw it away. Um, <laughs> like, threw it and so, yeah, 
<laughs> just stormed out of there because I, I did consider making it. Um, I did not though, but um, that's so funny. Don't I do it. <laughs> yeah, it 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 worked. It worked really really well. And this time, the one of the big experiments I kind of did this time, I mentioned uh, previously that I did it with a very bland, like deliberately bland mashed potato because I wanted. Right. I know it's so flavorful, and I wanted that to be kind of the the star. This time, I was like. So I have a great mashed potato recipe that I absolutely love. It, it's incredible. Um, and so <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do it with my more legit mashed potatoes. And man, that was the best way to do it. Really? Because, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously much you know, saltier overall um, because of the combination. But uh, it pairs so, so, so yeah. well, especially because the mashed potatoes do have a garlic profile to it. Nice. So um, and the creaminess of it. And so that was... Yeah, that was absolutely incredible. Wow. I'm so excited. So, okay, to recap this episode, five out of five from three of us. Probably I'll, I'll get my mom's fear rating, but she's, you know, she's definitely going to do it again and, and try it in a circle. Um, and then, like, replicability is kind of the name of the game. And maybe, like, in hindsight, my the steamed buns are actually not as replicable because I was so proud of doing them, of just, like, checking it mm -hmm. off and being like, I have accomplished that, that hard recipe. I've accomplished that, so I'll do it again. But looking back at it, like I would 100% rather make this galette than make those steam buns. Oh my god! Yeah. So yeah, awesome. You can make it listening to this episode. You, I mean, you could just yeah. do it during the time. I mean, with <laughs> with ease. Yeah. So. Uh, do that challenge. <laughs> yeah. Start. Um. So let's talk about the recipe we're going to be um, previewing next episode. So yes. we are going to be doing. Oh, your man, your 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 love, Jose Andres. Yeah, yeah. So I I am I, I'm a huge fan of Jose Andres. I've been to um, many of his restaurants uh, in the D.C. area. Um, my my uh, office is across the street from um, one of his Haleo locations, so I've been there. I mean, countless times. Yeah. Um, but even separate from how much I enjoy, you know, his restaurants and his food and everything. The man himself is an absolutely incredible human being. His humanitarian work, um, especially over the past few years, yeah. has been just inspirational and heartwarming and desperately needed. Um, right. He, yeah, he's done so, so, so much for um, for different people, and it, it's just wonderful. And so I am super excited for, you know, people who maybe have never um, had his food because, you know, right now he's another person kind of like Dave Chang where... Maybe you know of him, you know, maybe because of Jose Andres's work uh, now, you know, um, and socially you might have heard of him. And so uh, this is a great chance to kind of, you know, experience some of his food. And if you have been in one of his restaurants, since he does have kind of very different um, type of styles and based on, on the restaurant itself, you know, this is a, a chance to kind of maybe experience a different cuisine that you haven't been exposed to yet. Absolutely. So, so yeah, he has a really wonderful kind of like tapas view. He incorporates like Spanish Spain Spanish flavors, yes. but also Latin American flavors. So what we're going to be doing is a Cuban coffee churrasco, which is a, a steak dish, um, a small flank steak with a side of um, mashed potatoes with manchego cheese and Spanish olive mm -hmm. oil. So these yes. are all things that um, are very. What will we be? What will we be drinking during this? Oh, are we gonna be I forgot to link it. I forgot to get the same. <laughs> and we're making a sangria. So Yes, yes, and you have your choice too. So there, you know, he at at all the Haleo locations, and they do kind of change it a little bit seasonally. But you'll see that um, you could do kind of a red or a white sangria. Right. Um, the the base for either is is the same, uh, and it's just kind of your your choice of wine that maybe differs a little bit. And then there's maybe a couple other ingredients. But 
Um, I, I felt like if you are so inclined and it's such a quintessential Jose Andres, um, you know, sangria at, at, at Haleo is such a, <laughs> such a him thing. Yeah. So, um, we will have that and that's definitely a nice, nice optional add on if you're, if you're interested. Yeah. So we'll be talking and about I am interested. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> um, the tricky thing about the, like the, you know, weird ingredient alert for the churrasco, churrasco, I should say it right, mm-hmm. is, um, there's a, there's passion fruit. So if you don't have access to passion fruit, um, I'm also anything like acidic, any like side, uh, um, acidic side sauce would also be really good. So I'm going to link a recipe to chimichurri because it's a Argentine, um, very acidic, very, it cuts the, the fattiness of the, of the meat really, really well. So I'll include yeah. a recipe for that in the show description. Um, but as always. And in the sangria, yeah. there's, there's juniper berries and nobody knows what the fuck juniper berries are. Well, it's what no you idea. make gin out of. Yeah, but I, I mean, I know what gin is. But I, I don't know. I've never made gin, and so I, I don't think I can reverse it. So No, I have no um, idea what the hell juniper berries are, but yeah, we're you know what? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Google, Just try it. If you can out, find it. Figure, figure out a substitution. Yeah, we'll figure it out It's sangria. It can't, it's sangria. You can't go that, that wrong. No, it's going to be delicious. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, for everyone at home, please try it out, any, any of the components, and just let us know. Send us your feedback. Um, you can send it to us on – now we have our Twitter – too many cooks pod um, on Twitter, and then we have our Instagram at too many cooks pod, and then our Gmail, our email account is um, at too many. No, not at. <laughs> our email is too many cooks pod. <laughs> you don't know at how, how email works? No, I don't. Um, too many cooks pod at gmail.com. Um, we're done. <laughs> what a good conversation! All right, friends. Thank you all for listening to Too Many Cooks. Um, what do I say? <laughs> it's like uh don't forget to sharpen your knives don't forget to sharpen your no (laughs) all right everyone eat well be well and don't forget to preheat your oven does this mean you're a fan of the recipe (laughs) you go let your ass i am